to the Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is the Local Bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, you decided to spend some time with us today, and for that, we're incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartMedia, wherever you get your good podcast, on radio stations around the globe, like KKTY out there in Missouri. We are part of the Local Bar Media family. Find us at localbarmedia.com. You can also uh, check out uh, Facebook, Local Bar Media. Our other show, Welding a Family. Uh, Maria and I are celebrating our second anniversary. If you are someone who's listened to that podcast before, it's about blending our two families. Uh, we we just recorded tonight. Uh, we had a little anniversary weekend because my new, my new job has taken me out of town for training over two weeks. One of them was my birthday, and now the other one's our anniversary. That's great. Mm. I'm not getting in too much trouble about that, though. But uh, we just recorded um, an episode for Welding a Family for the uh, for our anniversary. So if you listen to that show before, uh, go check that out when it drops this week. It'll be a uh, it'll be a great great episode to go and listen to. I this week I've got um, a very special guest. I, I'm absolutely stoked to have him on. Uh, a guy that was a breath of fresh air to talk to is a is a wonderful, wonderful, uh, extremely talented uh, young man. Got great music. Uh, he's an incredible artist. Uh, he's he's uh, written uh, uh, an outstanding book about getting healthy in 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 a, in a, in a different way than one you've seen. Uh, very, I don't want to say hard hitting, but very very frank, very blunt. Uh, but with a twist of his own personality in it, uh, it's something that uh, I find to be extremely captivating. But not only is he that, he's just a free-thinking kind of guy. And uh, someone who I've been following now a little bit uh, over the past few months and really come to think very highly of him. Uh, Zuby has decided to come and spend a little bit of time with us. We'll get to him here in just a few minutes. But I, I could not have been uh, more excited to have him on and to be able to talk with him, he's a super, super nice guy, and uh, really nice of him to to come down and hang out with us. I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be uh, in, in the next couple of weeks. He's gonna be on um, the Ruben Report. He's gonna be in Joe Rogan's show. He's gonna be on Adam Carolla's show. And I just want to remind all those guys that he was on mine first. That's right. Fear is not a factor for me, Joe Rogan. Um. But no, in all seriousness, I'm extremely happy to have him on. Uh, great conversation we had, and uh, really looking forward to bringing that to you here in a minute. I had something funny happen to me the other day. I put it on Twitter, and I've been—I <laughs> cannot get this off my mind. So the other day, I, I'm driving I'm up. I'm up really early for work, and I'm heading up the highway. I need some gas, so I pull over at a at a gas station, a little pilot. You know, like it's kind of like a truck center. Uh, truck stop and a gas station. So, you know, they got the wide variety of drinks in there. So I wanted to go in. I'm kind of on the kick for those little those little bubbly things. I like the seltzer water. I do like it. 
you know, for all of us, for all of us, I like to pretend like we're drinking gin at seven o'clock in the morning. I like the seltzer waters. So I go in there and I and I uh, I, I get I get something to drink. I come back out, pump in my gas. It was really strange. It was that you know seven thirty in the morning. Everyone's just getting their first cup of coffee or so. Uh, sun's you know it's up, but it's not high in the sky. And as I'm sitting there pumping my gas, Sultans of Swing by Dire Straits comes on. And and I sat there for a second. I was like, what what's wrong with this? Something's wrong with this picture. And I realized that that. Sultans of Swing is a song that's not supposed to be played during the day. I actually think that Mark Knopfler's got a, a, a an agreement somewhere that Sultans of Swing is never played when the sun is anywhere in the air. Maybe as it's just setting off in the distance, but it's not a daytime song. And it it, it made me really start thinking about, you know, what what songs aren't made for for daylight i put it on facebook and twitter and i got a i got a ton of uh of responses to it i'm gonna i'm gonna tag that anybody who's added to it i'm gonna take it it's on my personal page but i'm gonna put it over on the local bar uh, page some of the some of the answers i've gotten to that have been fantastic the other thing is it's made me uh pay attention to other songs that are played at weird times like i listened to uh manic monday when i was inside of a truck stop uh, was it today or yesterday? Today, today. Um, you know, it is Manic Monday. It's by the Bengals. Um, a lot of people don't know Prince actually wrote that song. It's a it's a Prince song. Um, and the, you know, the lyrics really aren't the best. And that I mean, it, it's so walking through the truck stop. It was almost like, is this Manic Monday or is this one of those cheesy voiceovers that they have going through the truck stop when they're trying to sell you something? It's like, uh, it's just another Manic Monday. I bet you wish it were Sunday. That's our fun day. That I don't have to run day. We'll run on over to the counter because we've got two for one Gatorades right now and free packs of peanuts if you pick them up within the next 30 minutes. It, 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 it. It's really weird when you when you hear certain songs in different areas. Um, I, I think that it's really kind of crazy and it really changes uh, how you feel about that song. If you got one, I'd love to know what your thoughts are on it. You can check it out. I'll start a, I'll start a thread back over on the local bar uh, media page on Facebook. But chad at localbarmedia.com is where you send your emails in. Any comments, questions, concerns, send me your send me your song that that can't be played like at night or a song that's played in the wrong situation it really doesn't work i i, I can't wait to see uh what you guys have to sit in i saw some really last time i asked for examples i had some crazy stuff uh half of it i couldn't put on the air but i'm curious i'm really curious about this because it's it's been baffling me and i don't want to give anything away because i don't want to sway you one way or another but we'll talk about it next week send your songs that can't be played during the day, maybe a song that can't be played at night, or a song that really has the wrong situation that it can be played into. Send that Chad at localbarmedia.com. It's where you uh where you go to find uh your boy whenever you want to reach out to him about either show. Also support us, by the way, patreon.com slash local bar. It's where you can go keep us loud, live, and independent. For those people that do that, we appreciate it. Oh, and I, it's the last time I need to mention this. 
Um, all of the all of the money we raise, June, July, and August, we are going to give to our buddy Ace. Ace is running the New York City Marathon here in a couple of uh, a couple of minutes, a couple of months, um, and he's doing it for a program called Education Through Music. It is a group that goes into schools uh, that do not have a music program, and they pay for everything instrumentation the classroom space they even provide the teacher it's a wonderful program that's been around for a couple of years ace has done a wonderful job raising money for them um any money that goes into our patreon june july and august we are pushing it all just over to ace so if you want to support the show great we appreciate it but you'll get back to supporting us here in september right now we're going to support our buddy ace as he supports uh, education through music um, as he runs the New York City Marathon. So uh, I keep forgetting to mention that every show. Sorry, Ace. Uh, but uh, but thank you for those of you who do contribute to the show. Patreon.com slash local bar. You just go and set up an account real quick. It's free to set up an account. And it's a place where you can go to support us and other artists out there. Uh, if you've if you've never checked Patreon out, we appreciate it if you check it out for us. But but there are a lot of other folks that you probably like, especially if you're a big podcast listener. And um, we do this too. But there's free content that you get. Uh, some of them even give away like like cool giveaways if you if you donate for so long or donate an, enough each month. Uh, it's a really cool place for those of us that do this. That this isn't what we do for a living. Uh, to make some money to kind of keep it free for us. Uh, so go check it out. It may be something uh, where you could really make a big difference, not just here, uh, but with some other artists that you know out there. Speaking of artists, uh, like I said before, I was I was absolutely um, stoked whenever Zuby said he'd come on the show. He is a, a guy that I think pretty highly of. Uh, I, I like his style. I like the the the, the free thinker that he is. Um, and there's a lot that you'll see about him in this interview that is incredibly refreshing from a guy um, that really got you know a lot going for him these days. Uh, so without further ado, bring this gentleman on, and I'll talk to you on the other side of this break. this week is uh, actually the, the second person I've had uh, from across the way uh, decide to come on to the show. It's actually a, a, a young man that I've been following uh, pretty closely over the past couple of months, and I've watched him go from someone who had quite a uh, quite a bit of followers uh, to someone who has exploded, who is getting ready to come over here to America. Uh, he's going to be on a bunch of shows and promote uh, his music, his book, uh, and a bunch of other things that he does. Uh, really nice, super ultra nice guy who's done some really incredible, amazing things lately. Zuby, Zuby, how you doing, man? I'm good, Chad. Thank you for the invite. Hey, thank you for being on. Now you, you've been uh, pretty busy lately, and we're gonna get into what you're going to be promoting and doing here for a little bit. But uh, you're a pretty damn accomplished rapper and uh, and an author as well. Um, I'm curious because I, I I really don't know the answer to this. 
where did you get your start? Were, were you were you were you uh, publishing your own music first? Did you uh, write the book? Um, were you giving speeches and, and being like a health coach somewhere? Where exactly did you get started? Okay, well, uh, no, it all started out with just the music. I started rapping in 2006 when I was in university. I was studying computer science at Oxford University here in the UK. And I started rapping when I was in my very first year, and I released my first album when I was in my second year of university. I graduated, moved to London, worked uh, worked a sort of white-collar job in London for about three years. And then in 2011, towards the end of it, November 2011, I took the plunge to go and pursue my music full-time. Since then, I've uh, released five albums and three EPs completely independently. Um, sold tens of thousands of albums off my own back. And uh, yeah, all the other stuff has sort of sprung up primarily in the past year. So I wrote and released my first fitness book, Strong Advice, just a few months ago. I've got the paperbacks for that coming soon. I've also been doing a little bit of public speaking. I've got something coming up this weekend here in London. And um, yeah, everything else. I started my podcast at the beginning of this year. So that's called Real Talk with Zuby. That began in January. I've done over 50 episodes already so all of the other branches have been growing and building but uh the music is the core of everything that's where it all started you um that's that's pretty common i mean i think most rappers uh come from the computer science department of oxford i i, I think most <laughs> of the ones that i hear today uh that's kind of that's kind of where they get their start what yeah, there are a lot of musicians that listen to the show we've had quite a few on as well and and one of the we we, we don't really talk about something you just brought up and I'm, I'm interested in it for a guy that's been so successful producing his own music in today's day and age the outlets are there i mean you could you can you can put your own music on youtube you can you can find ways to put your music out there through soundcloud and promote it but it seems like in a lot of ways, while there's there's that ability to freely promote your music, it's also very difficult to to find a foothold to where you really can brand and be successful. So it, 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 if you will, with the uh, incredible ability, there seems to be a farce that, that makes it very hard for you to go through. Other than the fact that you make very good music. Don't get me wrong. It, it, that, I know that's an important part of it. How do you how do you navigate that and how do you utilize that to not get lost in that forest while you're trying to promote your own music independently? Uh, that's a good question. Sometimes I feel like I'm still trying to work that out, not just in my music, but in everything. I mean, on the Internet, it's easy to just get lost in stuff. But um, I mean... Do you mean just standing out for myself as an as an artist? Is that what you mean, or uh, it, technically going from hey, I've got music with a lot of people um, looking at it on YouTube. Do I have people actually purchasing my music, and I'm oh, I'm actually okay. selling things now? Oh, okay. No, I started selling off the bat. So I released my first album when I was nineteen, and that was just straight physical CDs. That was prior oh, to the okay. time of iTunes and Spotify and all right. that other stuff. So I've been selling my music from the beginning. Um, in fact, I probably used to sell more music than I actively do now just because of the way how people consume music has changed over the years. So obviously a lot of people now were streaming. Prior to that, it was downloading. Um, but prior to that, it was all just totally physical. I was just shifting CDs, traveling around to different cities, talking to strangers, playing them my music, and people who liked it would buy it. So I sold thousands of CDs like that on the streets of the UK 
Um, a couple of years ago, I also opened up a pop-up shop. So I ran that in about 10 different cities and different shopping malls here. And I would promote and sell my music and my merchandise as well. So yeah, my stuff has always been, in terms of sales, it's always been very much offline, real world, face-to-face -face activity. This year, it's shifted a lot more online, especially with the advent of my book. But um, And a, lots of my audience now is in the US, whereas prior, it was pretty much all in the UK. So that's kind of how I did it. So it wasn't really a transition to selling, but I was selling off I was selling from the very beginning. Gotcha. All right. So, so in that same vein, you know, here's, here's a guy that's going around going to different clubs and selling actual physical copies of a CD. So now you're doing it online. Like you said, uh, talk to me about the, um, the relationship you have with your fans when it's gone mm -hmm. from being that personal style to, Hey, here's a CD and you're thanking them as they're handing you the money and you're, you're appreciative to where you have so many more people that are so interested in, and you're able to talk to them in very broad strokes. Uh, but mm -hmm. it's probably a lot harder for you to have that personal connection. Uh, even though we, I, I know it, it, it seems like from your, your Twitter feed that you really do try, uh, how has that changed? What does that feel like to go from one to the other? I do try, man. I mean, all that's really changed to me is the volume. Um, in terms of having a, a connection with my fans, that's something that's really important to me, especially as an independent artist. I mean, fans and supporters are completely your lifeblood. So I don't have a, a label that's feeding me money. I don't have any big companies or investors that are just sort of pumping money into me to advertise and stuff like that. So it's really all about connection with the fans. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty extroverted guy. I like to connect with and meet new people all over the world, both in the real world and online. So my personality naturally sort of lend, lends myself to that. Yeah. So these days now, a lot of that will be through social media, Twitter primarily. I mean, my Twitter has been a godsend, to be honest with you. The <laughs> amount of people who have discovered me through Twitter is incredible. More people have discovered me probably through Twitter than through my music directly. But a lot of them have gone on to become fans of my music and the other stuff that I do. So with me, it's always just about being I mean, I don't I don't have to think that hard about it. I'm a I'm a down to earth person and that will always be the case. Um, I hope someone can uh, remind me that I said that if I ever start getting <laughs> too big for my boots or anything like that. But no, but for real, I mean, I, I've been a growing public figure for over a decade now. So all that's happened is that more people know me. But apart from that stuff doesn't change. You know, I'm still the same person. I'm probably even more authentic than I was previously, just because I'm more solidified and comfortable in my own skin and my beliefs and you know the message that I'm trying to put out there and everything like that so yeah I just try to be who I don't try I just am me I'm just authentic I treat everybody like a human being um to me strangers are just friends that I haven't met yet I don't try to talk to people talk down to anybody I just talk to people on a level man whether they're more famous than me or, you know, less famous than me and they're fans of my music and whatever. It's just like, yo, it's cool. I mean, I always get messages and DMs and stuff. And sometimes, I mean, it's weird now because sometimes people actually freak out when I reply to them. Yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't think you were going to reply to me. Like, you know, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, man, of course. I mean, if well, you send me... If you send me something that's worth replying to, then I'll reply. Well, you should see what it's like to be a guy that's got a small podcast that says, hey, I'd like for you to be on the show. And you turn around like it, it almost instantly 
and said, sure, <laughs> let's do it. That was, that was a great surprise for me. Uh, yeah, talking about your cool. Twitter feed, you know, one of the things that I think is funny about Twitter is it, I think it really, a lot of it depends on the, um, uh, the the circles that you follow in Twitter. And I think okay. a lot of times it can be a very negative place. And, and you seem to have found it to be very positive, but it doesn't come without you having to uh, to put your foot in the ground. Uh, I see every now and then you'll pop up a couple of things. I saw something, I believe, from today, uh, just like a, a quick quote of it, something like, I do not pick my friends based on their religious affiliation, political affiliation, or lack thereof. It's silly, and it would uh, it would make me somewhat of a bigot by definition. I've come across enough uh, terrible conservative theist and wonderful liberal atheist. And then there's another one. Ah, this was from the other day, I think, and I thought it was beautiful. It said, things I don't care about, your race, your sexuality, your religion, your nationality, or who you vote for. Things I do care about, your heart, your mind, your actions, your qualities, and your character. It's really not that complicated. I think what's really neat about you is that you know here's a guy that's got a, a book that's very positive, and we'll get to that here in a second. Some music that's fantastic and, and really stands out and preaches what you what you like. Um, but you make sure to do that on your Twitter feed. It's like every now and then you throw like a character check out to folks, and 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 I find that to be a very positive and uh, very um, comforting thing to to see from someone who is continuing to gain in popularity. Is that something that you do for your fans? Do you do that sometimes for yourself? What when do you when is it that you look at it and you say, "Man, I need to put a message like this out there." Is it what is it that causes you to to feel that way? Just something that comes in your head or is it when you're seeing a lot of negativity to kind of steer what you have coming through your page? Um yeah, I mean, a lot of it is it's sort of all the above. So sometimes I write stuff as a I mean, I'm a creative person, so I constantly have words and lyrics flowing through my through my brain, which is why Twitter is such a good platform for me. Right. I'd much prefer it to things like Instagram or Facebook because my mind works very quickly and I've always just got these ideas and sort of revelations and inspirations and philosophical stuff sort of popping up in my brain or random questions. So I use Twitter as a medium to just put all that stuff out there. I mean, I love Twitter because I can post 100 times a day and it doesn't bother people. Um, and I'm connected to so many different people that I know I can get a range of different responses if I've got a question. I mean, I posted a question this morning and over 1,200 people have responded to wow. it. Wow, um, Yeah, so it's, it's incredibly powerful. And also, like you said, I mean, there's so much negativity out there. I mean, I follow quite a lot of political people, not a crazy number because if your whole timeline is flooded with it, then it can get a little bit tedious, but there's so much partisan nonsense and back and forth and trying to dunk on each other and trying to score points. And it gets, um, you know, sometimes I just kind of feel like not in an arrogant way, but sometimes I feel like the room needs an adult in it, you know, um, when people are getting all fired up about some identity politics nonsense or the latest outrage or whatever. I mean, you know, sometimes it can be interesting, but when it's just day in and day out and it's constant and you can just see people getting more heated up and more angry and more divided, I'm kind of like, you know what, it's important to remind people about some of these basic things. You know, that tweet that you just quoted to me, I would hope that both of those things would be pretty obvious and self-evident, but it seems like they're not in 2019 to a lot of people, right? You know, saying that I don't care what race you are, I don't care what sex you are, I don't care what sexuality you are. I don't care if you vote red or blue, like all of that stuff, you know, we can 
<laughs> if it's interesting to someone, you know, it can be it can be talked about. But ultimately, that's just not that's not really how I look at the world. That's not how I judge people. That's not how I pick friends. That's not how that's not what tells me if someone's a, a decent person or not. You know what I mean? Like it goes so much deeper than that. And human beings are so much more nuanced and profound than that, that it's sad to see people kind of falling back into this very primitive and childish way of just looking at each other based on some of these factors, many of which are immutable. Some of them, yeah, sure, you know, who you vote for is a choice, your religion is a is a choice somewhat. But, um, you know, people have different reasons for things and people have different perspectives and different ideas. And ultimately, that's what makes stuff interesting. And it's ridiculous because you'll have people who are talking about how much they love and want and want to celebrate diversity. But then as soon as someone has a slightly divergent view to them, they become the most hostile and intolerant person. And it's it's totally ridiculous. Like people just have these huge blind spots and hypocrisies. And I can see them very, very clearly. I'm sure I have uh, some of my own hypocrisies. No question. We all do. We all have blind spots. The whole idea of a blind spot is that you can't see it. But um, yeah, I just think it's important to have some sane voices out there who try to be reasonable, who try to talk to both sides, if you want to use that terminology and all that. So it wasn't necessarily my goal to set out and be that person or one of those people. You know, I was on Twitter initially just to promote and push my music, but um, I can do that and I can have an impact on people through my words in other ways too. So, you know, if that's the road that I'm sort of going down and that's what's needed in the world, then I'm happy to lend my voice to anything that I think helps to achieve a positive, uh, a net positive to the world. You, um, you, you also, I think could have a career as a stand-up comedian or probably writing <laughs> jokes for him. You, and because you have this level of honesty that I think in humor, a, a lot of folks are afraid, uh, afraid to, to, to face. And it's, it's, it comes from, you know, just the idea of, if I say the wrong thing, I don't want some backlash because I was just trying to be funny. You, you said something the other day and I don't have the tweet in front of me, so I'm going to butcher this, but I absolutely, I spent probably 10 minutes forwarding it to other people and laughing saying, this is, this is me. And it was something to the fact of, you know, I'll spend a lot of time talking about how I hate the talk about guns and drugs and misogyny and rap music while I'm oh, yeah. absolutely blasting it and rocking out to it <laughs> in my car. <laughs> And I and I loved it. I was like, oh my! It's like the day that my daughters hear the music that I used to listen to in the '90s, they're going to wonder who in the hell their dad really is. But there is something <laughs> there is something about that that I thought was not only funny but brilliant and very telling in the world that we live in. That sometimes we can't help it. These are things that we do and, and things that we like, um, and we we just kind of find ourselves uh, sometimes being hypocritical. But it is it is the way that we live. But I thought that I thought that was really cool and very uh, very funny, but also very open that you could sit there and say a joke like that and not worry about some kind of pushback from fans that could live on either extreme. Yeah. Well, I think anyone who's you know come across come across me, whatever, whether that's someone who likes and agrees with me or someone who disagrees with me or d thinks they don't like me or whatever. I just don't really, I'm at the stage where I don't really care about backlash. Like people oh. are always, no, I really don't care. Um, really? Now that, that's, that's interesting because you would think someone who, not that you just got started, but you mm. really are built. I mean, 
we haven't talked about it yet. You're getting ready to come to the United States. You've got a lot of interviews. You've got a bunch of stuff. You're going to be on Joe Rogan's podcast. Now, I, I would like for Mr. Rogan to know that you are on mine first, and I and I, I hope that just off air you remind him of that. But, you know, you've, you've got – there's a lot that's going for you. I think most people would then turn around and be a little bit wary of that. But you're saying that you're less worried about that? Less worried, man, because that's what people like about me. That's that's one of my I don't want to say my weapons, but that's my, you know, a character trait that people both in the real world and people who I talk to online that I know they like and appreciate me about me. They know that I'm very honest and very frank and very authentic. They know that I'm not going to gas them up. I'm not going to lie to them. I'm going to just do my best to tell the truth. And if I have an opinion on something, I will give it. I don't care if I'm in a room of 200 people and I'm the only person with that opinion. I will give that opinion if people want it. Um, and I'll deal with whatever comes of that. If people want to disagree with me, that's fine. I've, I've had that before. I deal with it every day. Um, if someone wants to know where my views come from, then I'm happy to explain to the best of my ability. If someone wants to try to change my mind, I'm happy for them to try to change my mind. Um, I mean, that that's how we learn. I'm not afraid of being wrong. Um, I like to think that I'm certainly right more often than I am wrong, but the only way that I can be right on anything is by being wrong at some point back in the past and shifting my view in light of new facts and new information. I mean, that's, that's how we learn. So part of it is just a level of humility as well, but also I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ashamed or afraid of any of my beliefs. I mean, there's nothing that I believe in or that I think or that I have an opinion on that I'm afraid to say. I'm not someone who I don't self-censor myself a lot. If someone asks me what my view is on something, even if I know that the, you know, popular narrative is one thing, I'm not going to just go along with it like a sheep because I think that's what's going to get me popularity points or because I don't want to rock the boat. I mean, I don't mind rocking the boat. Um it's fine as long as I'm doing it to be true. I'm not um, I'm not a provocateur. I don't go out of my way intentionally to be controversial. Sometimes I may say things that I know will be controversial, but I think that's just because the world is going weird, not because I'm wrong or because I'm saying anything super radical or crazy or anything like that. I don't think I have any beliefs that are that are crazy, but we're living in a time when just being honest and stating the truth and being authentic and really keeping it real is quite revolutionary. So as long as that's the case, that will serve me well. I, I'll let you go here in just a few minutes. There's there's a couple of things I want to ask you. Uh, before we get to the book, though, I want to point out something else. The other day I looked on your Twitter timeline and you were going around and you were bringing food to people. Uh, you have done something where uh, you've been taking uh, boatloads of cash and putting that into helping people around your community. Can you can you explain a little bit about what that is? I was a little lost when I saw it. It looked it looked fantastic and amazing and it looked like it was being it was it was being uh, pulled through very successfully. But what was that that I I caught wind of on your Twitter line? Yeah, no problem. So it was my birthday just uh, 2 days ago. Happy birthday, and, um, by the way. I, yeah, thank you. Terrible goat, uh, host. I, I should have freaking told you that <laughs> as soon as you came on. I think I did tweet uh, you that, though. I, I'm going to take a little yeah, bit of did, credit there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was my birthday. Um, I'd kind of already done most of my celebration over the weekend, seeing my friends and family and stuff like that. Had a little bit of a party. And then on my actual birthday, which landed on a Monday, I didn't really have any super-duper set plans. So again, being a creative person, I was like, oh, I wonder, um, 
I don't really, I had a couple of people say, Oh, what do you want for your birthday? And then I actually had a couple of people online saying, Oh, do you, um, is there any way, you know, I actually had a couple of people DM me saying, Oh, can I like contribute something for your birthday just as a, as a thank you kind of thing. So initially I thought it was like, okay, cool. Like I want to go get some ice cream later today so you can contribute to the Zuby ice cream fund. <laughs> but, um, I was quickly like, you know, and, and someone did. And then I was like, okay, cool. That one contribution is enough for ice cream. So let me uh, see. And, you know, I, I noticed that when I'm walking around my city, Southampton in the UK, I noticed that I do see quite a few, quite a few homeless people and people, you know, kind of not, not in a great situation. So I just figured, well, why don't I, um, you know, if people want to, why don't you chip in and every $4 or so you send me, um, buy somebody lunch or get someone a drink or get someone a meal or something like that. So yeah, I, I, took donations and we got a couple hundred dollars in there. Um, there's still a lot more that I'm going to do with it because I wasn't able to reach as many people as I wanted to in one day. So there's still some money there. But um, yeah, I just went around to some homeless people, had a, had a little chat with them. Uh, there was one guy who I helped to pay for pay for his shelter accommodation for a week. Um, another couple of people who had just, you know, bought some sandwiches and drinks and stuff for, you know, just a simple way to give back. I mean, there's a lot of people who aren't I, I'm very, very aware that I'm a, I'm a blessed person. You know, I'm blessed. I'm fortunate in many ways as most of us are. Um, but I'm totally aware that there are a lot of people out there sometimes pretty close to us geographically who aren't in that situation. So, you know, I was like, you know what, if I can make one person's day or week, uh, a little bit better and ease a tiny bit of that burden, you know, I can't, I can't do everything. I'm not, I'm not in that position yet. Then, uh, yeah, why don't we do it? And yeah, I don't, um, it's kind of weird for me to talk about because I don't like to, I, I've got, I'm always in two minds about sort of publicizing charity. In some ways, I think that it's good to publicize it because I think it encourages other people to do the same and it's got that sort of positive effect. But also, I don't like the idea of, you know, doing charity in this age of social media just to get likes or views or something like that. That also kind of weirds me out. So, I wanted to do it and let people know I was doing it, but not really make a huge song and dance about it in a way that would just be self-aggrandizing because I don't think that's the way charity should be done. It, I'm going to make some people mad with this last point. I mean, if 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 it wasn't very, um, if you if you weren't aware of how incredibly intelligent Zuby is, uh, how incredibly talented he is with his music. Um, and how charitable he is and the good heart that he has and the positive energy that he exudes. I, I hate to tell you guys this, but my man is swole up so much that he would make my wife forget who Tyson Beckford is. You, you've been... <laughs> you've been not only do you have all this other great stuff going with it for you, you look like a freaking model walking around. I mean, yeah, it's it's incredible. You've you've written a book called Strong Advice, and it, right. it talks about getting healthy. And one of the things that you mention a lot on your on your Twitter page, and I assume has to be a part of your book as well, is a lot of the excuses. You you tweeted something out said to anyone who thinks I just have quote good genetics, I want you to know that I was overweight throughout my entire childhood. In fact. I weighed more at age 15 than I weigh now. No joke. Excuses are just excuses. When you're done with those, we can help you. As a, as, in a world where people eat up um, any kind of fitness or, or getting healthy, but, th but they don't follow through, you, you do seem to focus a lot on that, of helping people overcome that initial obstacle of getting over yourself and getting over your own obstacles that you throw in your way. 
it's very interesting that you talk about how you grew up. Where was that point for you where you got out of your own way and overcame your obstacles to decide you wanted to be the best looking, most charitable, most talented rapper to ever come out of Oxford? What, what, what was what was the thing for you that did that? Man, it's been it's been a journey. It's been a journey. I mean, in terms of getting in shape, that started out when I was in my mid teens. I started going to the gym when I was 50, when I was like 15 or 16 um, initially it started because I used to play rugby and so I just wanted to get in better shape and be physically stronger and bigger for rugby. And I took the bulking thing a little bit too far. So, you know, I did get, I did, did get stronger by age of 16. I, you know, I was a, I was a pretty strong dude, but, um, I was definitely carrying a lot of excess body fat and wasn't necessarily in the great shape, you know, in, in great shape and didn't have an super impressive physique beyond kind of being pretty strong for my age. So it's been a, it's been a journey, you know, honing down the nutrition over the years and getting to a level where I'm just, you know, really know what I'm doing to the stage where I was able to write that book this year and just distill all the information, boil off all the nonsense and put out the book that I wish I, someone had given me when I was 15. Really, that's what it is. It's a book that, um, you know, teaches people the fundamentals of what they need to know from mindset and motivation to diet and nutrition to training and exercise. Um, there's so much misinformation out there. There's so much superfluous information out there and so much nonsense and, you know, just jargon and whatnot. So I was like, all right, I just want to make something that's really simple, not long, just concise, 100 pages, bang, this is what you need to know. Um, and the book is written the way the book is written the way that I tweet. You know, it's just very uh, concise to the point. I'm not trying to, you know, gas things up or fabricate anything. It's just like, look, this matters. This doesn't matter. Do this. Do this. Don't do that. Um, and then give people a good amount of flexibility as well, so that they actually understand the principles rather than just saying, okay, look, meal number one, eat this. Meal number two, eat that. Meal number because that doesn't really help people because then they don't understand why it is they're eating that way. If it's a workout, they don't understand why they're training that way. I want people to understand the principles. This is how you build muscle. This is how you lose body fat. This is how you gain weight. This is what the actual process is. These are the numbers that you need to know, and this is how you can manipulate those numbers for your own body so that you can achieve your goals. And once you understand this stuff, you can do this for your entire life. Because I want to shift people from that short-term thinking to long-term thinking. Because as far as I'm concerned, you know, your health and your fitness and your body, I mean, you only get one body for your whole life. So I find it crazy how much time and effort people put into all this stuff that is replaceable or temporary. But then their own bodies, they completely neglect. And to me, that's just completely insane. Like, I don't know how you'll go out and spend $1,000 on clothing, but you don't want to invest you know, $20 a month in a, in a gym membership or whatever the case may be. I mean, some people balk at the price of my book. Some people are like, Oh my gosh, your book is $35. And I'm like, dude, I mean, <laughs> my, the, the value in there, if someone had given me that book when I was 15, that book would have saved me literally over a thousand dollars. Oh, I'm sure. Just, yeah. just in, in wasted time, wasted supplements, just buying nonsense. And, you know, so ultimately it's like, yeah, people just need to, <laughs> I suggest people, I'm, I'm big on investing in myself. I'm big on self-improvement and I'm huge on people fulfilling their potential, whether that's in the gym or out of it. So 
again, if I can encourage people to do that, then I think that's my way of making the world a better place. Last question I have for you. You, you tweeted something else out that I love that has to do with this, but but I want to ask it um, in a way that kind of encompasses everything that we've talked about. Uh, you said, I don't get why so many people think they have to do carnivore or vegan diets, weights or calisthenics, strength training or cardio. Why not be an omnivore who lifts weights, does calisthenics and cardio? That works too. People are drawn to unnecessary extremes. What's funny is I, I thought that that was extremely profound that people do that. But, you know, it seems like when I follow you on Twitter or, or anything else that we do, whether it's music, whether it's our politics, whether it's social issues or even it's our diet, people for some reason feel like they have to be defined by an extreme, that, that, that what they're doing isn't um, isn't uh, really hitting the mark like it's supposed to if it doesn't come from an extreme view. Number mm -hmm. one, why do you think people are like that? And, and number two, um, where do you think that flaw is, is, is worse? Is it, is it in health? Is it in politics? Is it in our own mm. attitudes? What does that, what does that really eat at us the most? That's a good question. To answer the first part, I think it's because people want to identify as or identify with something. Um, I think that's a natural human desire and people want to be part of some type of tribe or group or a belief system or whatnot. That could be, that could obviously be a, a religion. It could be a family or some type of group or community. It could come down to something. It could come down to the way they eat. It could come down to the way they train. You know, you could have the CrossFit crew, you could have the bodybuilding crew, the powerlifting crew, the runner crew, right? People like to be a part of something. So lots of runners or cyclists, for example, may look down, you know, look down their nose at weightlifting and, you know, they may say that, oh, strength training is silly or lifting weights is dumb or it's for meatheads or whatever. And then the people who like lifting weights will be looking at the runners and the cyclists and saying, oh, cardio is silly and cardio is a waste of time and cardio is for girls and, you know, all this, all this kind of stuff. And I, I get it in that part of people wanting to be part of a tribe. Um, and some of it can just be a little bit of fun, you know, a little bit of banter or whatever. Sure. But, um, yeah, but my, my, my point is just, you know, stuff like that's not, not binary. I mean, when people are saying, oh, should I do calisthenics or weights? I'm like, do both. Right. You can do put you can do pull ups and push ups and also do squats and deadlifts and bench presses like it's not a it's not either or people often get caught into either or thinking, you know, are you this or are you that? And, you know, again, like I said earlier, human beings are very multifaceted. There aren't that many people who you can just get um, five or six qualities of them or even 10 qualities of them and think that tells you anything about them which sort of loops back to why I think this whole idea of identity politics is really stupid because, you know, knowing somebody's race, gender and sexuality, for example, tells you absolutely nothing about them, like nothing remotely interesting. Um, and it's just, it's just irrelevant. So people focus on this weird stuff. And again, that taps into the tribalism, but, um, I think people just need to kind of ascend beyond that. It's not something that necessarily you can can or should want to totally remove because it's not necessarily always a bad thing no, not at all you know it can be good to have some of that um team 
mentality or, or, or tribal mentality at times. And it's certainly not always destructive, but when it sort of, um, manifests in a negative way, then yeah, that's a problem. So I've slightly gone off topic from that tweet, <laughs> but that's to give some wider context to it. Cause I think it loops back into what we were talking about earlier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, um, real quick here at the end, where can people find not only your music and your book, but what you're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks, especially for the listeners here in the United States that, that may want to keep up with what you're doing? Sure. So zubimusic.com is my main website. That is Z-U-B-Y music.com. You can get um, updates there and find out a little bit more about me and get links to all of my various work on there, including my podcast videos and events. If you want to get any merchandise, that is teamzuby.com, T-E-A-M-Z-U-B-Y music.com. You can get my book and my merchandise there. And then you can also follow me on social media at Zuby Music. Um, definitely follow me on Twitter. I'm also on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook as well, all at Zuby Music. All right. Well, listen, we are really looking forward to you coming over this way. I can't wait to see what all is going for you. I appreciate what you do and the message you put out there. You are one hell of a guy, and I'm very appreciative uh, that you took the time out of your incredibly busy schedule that you got going now. I look forward to seeing uh, all the other great things you're going to continue to do, man, and I, I appreciate you taking time, spreading your message here on the show today, and uh, really look forward to the success that's obviously coming to your future. Thanks again for being on the show. You're welcome, man. The devil walked the streets at night, shake, rattle, and roll. Devil walked the streets last night, a deleterious soul. Black shoes, suit and tie, you gotta see to believe. A rogue and bones, a crow life size, with nothing up his sleeve. want to thank Zuby again for coming on. What a what an incredibly nice guy. And again, like I said, uh, refreshing to, to sit and talk with someone uh, like him. Uh, we'll get into that here in just a second. Uh, but first, I do have a little bit of housekeeping to throw at you. If you are in the Columbia, South Carolina area this August the 30th, down at the White Mule in Five Points, if you have not been there, you need to go. It is, it is the an incredible music venue, great bar, great staff, but the sound in that place, it's the old speakeasy that's down in five points. Um, I know you folks, and now that college is back, I don't want to go to college at five points, a college area. This is not, this is over there by the gourmet shop. This is over there by uh, loose Lucy's and all that. And the, the college kids kind of leave that part alone. That's still for us. You need to be there this Friday, August the 30th. Don Merkel and the Blacksmiths will be playing there. The music that you hear before and after every single interview each week is Don Merkel and the Blacksmiths because they have the rights to it because I play in Don Merkel and the Blacksmiths. So if you want to come see your boy play, <clears throat> come check us out August the 30th. And here, here's a little added bonus. If, you, if every time you see Don Merkel and the Blacksmiths, you just think, oh, my God, I'm so happy to see Chad up there playing piano. I wish I could have some more. Well, in this show, you can. 
because opening for Don Merkel and the Blacksmiths is none other than Duncan Sims and the Accused, which happens to be the cover band that I play in. So that's right, your boy here is playing Double Duty this Friday, August 30th at the White Mule. Come check us out. We're going to have a good show. Whenever We've done this a couple of times before. When these bands get together, it is usually a blast. The crowds we bring out always seem to have a good time. A lot of whiskey. A lot of whiskey at these shows. So uh, come on out. <clears throat> We'd love to see you. I'm um, I'm impressed with Zuby for for a number of reasons. Number one, I, I think it's incredible to see someone who had to go from, hey, I'm selling CDs, uh, <laughs> selling CDs to MP3s to dealing with the the new uh, the new music media that's out there, and that he's really been able to navigate it. We didn't jump into it too deep, but I do think that there is um, there is something to be said for people that are able to navigate the waters that are there for free content nowadays. Th- this. This show, for example, has done well. I've been doing this show now for four years, which is very hard to believe. And and it's it's done well primarily for a couple of reasons that, that I can really kind of pinpoint and then a lot of reasons that I can't. Um, but I also know that when I started this show, it wasn't to go out to be the biggest and the best. It was just I wanted to really do a very good job of bringing, bringing something positive out there uh, to whatever I could touch. Uh, I've been very... Um, surprised and and very I'm I'm humbled by the amount of people that have enjoyed the show. It's 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 bigger than what I thought it was I was going to be. But I never I never reached I never wanted to reach a level uh, of notoriety as far as statistics go. That I said that's when I knew I'd be successful. I knew I'd be successful when I got the first email that said, "Man, that that was a really good show." And put a smile on my face. That that's what I knew. And I'm not trying to be all cheese ball and say that crap. I, I really mean it. Because if someone were to tell me, Chad, I need you to go out there and compete with the Adam Carollas and the Joe Rogans, I mean, I can make all the jokes like I wanted to at the beginning of the show. Come I mean, come on. This is a little show that's out of Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah, if you if you happen to to be listening to this somewhere way far off isn't that kind of cool that we live in a world today where this this happened but i would ask you how did you find the show probably through a friend of a friend somehow or something else it's a very grassroots thing to kind of do and there are tons of podcasts out there and there are tons in this in this sector that i'm in and it's really um it's really difficult if i wanted to make money doing this to support my own lifestyle it, it would be very hard uh, to, to be able to do that a little cheddar on the side. That's one thing. Um, but really to find that sustainability through an art form, it's great because there's a, there, there's a, it's very easy to do. It's very easy to get a microphone and a computer and a soundboard and you, you screw up a bunch and you figure it out and then you, you put it out to the internet. But it's, it's hard to find the ears that really want to listen to you. And so while there's this great access that we have to it, you have access to a lot of stuff, a wide variety that, that can grab your attention because you only have so much time in a day. Music is phenomenal. And the stories that I hear of people that have to navigate those waters, because if you think about how hard it used to be, and I mean 20 years ago to make an album, 
Booking time in a studio, getting somebody to produce something, having someone package it, and if you're going to sell it, actually have someone market it. This cat, this cat's been making CDs on his own, so he figured out how to do it. In 2006, there there was a little bit more accessibility with that. It's not like what you saw probably in the in the mid 90s to late 90s, um, but still had to produce his own, get it out there his own way, but his put his brand together and figure all that out in a time and space where people love it because they can go to SoundCloud and they can go to iTunes and they can go to iHeart and Spotify. I guess I guess the way you get there is by mentioning all the people whose platforms you're on. Um, but you, 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 you go out there and you can find it. And you can find something that you want to hear. But there's so much other stuff. And yeah, some of it's crap. But there, there's so much other stuff that, that can easily grab your attention. So it's not, hey, I'm going to go to this one area where I can, you, you know, I can really hyper-focus my target and get the right folks. No, you can't. Those days are non-existent. And I think what's amazing about that is you've got to find different ways to do it, but stay true to yourself. And I think that's where some people get lost. And I, and I dig that about Zuby. Here's a guy who uh, makes great music. Here's a guy that uh, believes in his health and fitness. Here's a guy who believes in saying what he thinks. And he really is someone that is more about being inclusive rather than being exclusive. You can see that in the Twitter post he throws out there or even in a lot of his music. He, he is, it, is, it is about bringing people together rather than it is about segmenting uh, us in our own places and telling people to stay in their own lanes. And I dig that. And I find it very refreshing because it's really cool to hear him talk about that. But I find it refreshing. And the reason I keep using that word is because in today's day and age of cancel culture, it's amazing to hear someone say, no, I'm not going to do that. And let me let me tell you why. This guy is a hustler. He has been working hard to do what he does and to get the notoriety he has. He has his own beliefs. He's very much peace, love, let's all get together, hang out, listen to some good music, take care of your body, all that kind of stuff. Super cool guy. It doesn't take much in today's day and age to speak on a subject that is not black and white and to just point out one of the areas of gray and someone to say, we have to take your voice away. It's the thing that I've been preaching about now for years. When we talk about things like freedom of speech, freedom of speech is not your ability to say whatever you want to. That's not a freedom of speech. Americans get that wrong all the time. Freedom of speech is for someone who would stand on a street corner and say something that you just find absolutely obnoxious. Vilification. Just running rampant. You would spend the rest of your life fighting against what that person is over there saying, the fact that they have the right to say that, that is the freedom of speech. It's not you getting to say what you want. It's the people that think differently than you getting to say that. That's where we get it wrong. And we're scared of it. And I'm not. I've said this before. When people talk about hate speech or anybody saying something that I would disagree with, they're like, don't you think it's terrible they get to say that? No, because I know who they are. 
Like I know that I don't have to guess. I grew up in a city where the Klan marched once a month. And it wasn't very big. It was, but but it, but it, it happened. And I think I've told this story before. What bothered me back then was that I didn't know who had that hood on. You know, was it the cop? Was it the doctor that's in town? Was it the principal of my school? Like, I had no idea who those people were. And that's what I love about the freedom of speech and the Internet that we have today. Sure, you got to you got to you got you to. Gotta, got to watch a little bit how much you allow yourself to consume but you can find opposing viewpoints and know well yep there they go that's who i disagree with and uh actually i wonder what they say on this subject i can google it i don't have to take somebody else's word for it which is where we go completely wrong in america uh and i can google it and i'm like oh wow that's what they think about that subject well great now i know and i and i don't have a problem with that oh i may disagree with their message but I'll tell everyone they've got the right to say what they want, but we don't want to do that anymore. And we try to hit people in their wallets. And so what we do is we go, if they have any sponsors or if they have anybody else that's tied any other money up in them. Or in the case of this young man, it could be something of if you're going to go on this guy's show, we're going to uh, absolutely protest it. Well, <laughs> good on you, Zuby, for coming on here. Uh, it's not like we say anything controversial. And. Uh, people can want to uh, protest me all they want. They're never going to win. But it can in today's day and age where people put a lot of money into the seconds that we have to grab someone's attention that they can be taken away. And we, we've allowed for that culture to run rampant. And here's a guy that says, I, I don't care. Someone's going to ask me a question or I see something that I think is atrocious. I'm going to speak up for it. And if there's a chance that someone wants to come after me, that's fine. And and here's why I find it so amazing. And I'm going to use that word one last time, refreshing. Refreshing. You know, when you say that word and you hit that F, it's almost like you have to whisper it. So you really get that refreshing. Um, here's, a, here's a guy in Zuby that knows, and if it wasn't apparent in that interview, um, it's something that I, I know for a fact after the conversations before and after and, and, and the bit that I followed him. He would rather be famous and get and, and grab this notoriety he is getting now by being who he is extremely in the most genuine way he can be or he would rather not do it at all. If he can't genuinely be who he is, then he doesn't want your attention anyway. And I love that because I really think over the past year or two, as I've seen things like Twitter and other social media forums fall, absolutely. I mean, Twitter is just a bathroom stall. That's all it is. It's, it is graffiti in a bathroom stall. Um, the only problem is, is that no one's really anonymous on it. And we've gotten so bold, we don't care that we are. We'll still write the crap that exists in bathroom stalls. And um, I've been trying to figure out what's that thing that we need. And it's, and it's more people like him. It's more people like him that say, all right, guys, fine. If you want to try to pigeonhole me, you can. 
but you're not going to be able to do it because I'm going to keep speaking my mind. I'm going to keep making and writing my books. I'm going to keep making my music and spreading it around and, and letting people have a good time and understand that that's who I am. And so if you want to make something out of this that's not there, then you go on right ahead. But for me, this is who I am. Like you, you can you can sit down and read his Twitter stream and have a pretty dang good idea who he is. And we think that about our celebrities all the time, right? We think we know them. I it, it can go both ways. Um, I I've heard uh, you know folks say you know th- th- this this athlete oh, I love him. He's such a nice guy. He gives away a lot of money. He he does all these really cool things. I bet I bet if we knew each other, we'd be great friends. You may meet him and and hate him. He may be the biggest jerk on the face of the planet. Like you've got no idea because in our minds, we we have to create a story when we see an image on TV, whether it's music, movies, and movies are another thing that I think is hilarious. That that is people pretending to be someone they are not, but they play this one character so well. They play it in so many different movies, so we think that's them. It, this, it can go the other way though. Like I said, comedians, I I think this is an awful thing that we do to them. We'll see them away from the stage or away from an event and we'll go to talk to them and we don't understand why they're not the way they are on stage. Like, like, I went to talk to him and I just said something funny and he just kind of smirked and laughed and took a picture with me and then walked off. I mean, what kind of jerk is that? Yeah, it's a jerk. His job is to be funny and to be all over the stage. Okay, He, he, he doesn't. That's not a snapshot of his life. You know, maybe Dave Chappelle, but the rest of them, no, man, that, that, that's that's not a snapshot of who they are in their life, okay? It's work. It's work. Give them a break. But we do that. We, we get in our mind, and, and we get this false sense of who people are, probably because they have to feel like they have to put up some kind of distance, or because maybe they don't want you to know who they are. And, and the more we get into this social media culture, it seems like people are trying to get you to believe in the brand that they want you to believe in. And here, here's a guy that is, no, nah, I'm Zuby, man. This is it. This is who I am. This is who I'm, I will go on Joe Rogan's show, on Adam Carolla's show, and on Chad Alexander's show, and I'm the same guy on all damn three of them. No difference. Just that small little South Carolina show gets the same guy the, the big time, one of the largest podcasts has ever been, he gets the same interview as well. He gets the same guy. And that that is incredibly cool to me that we have people that are okay with being genuine that say, I don't care about your cancel culture. We're getting out of hand with all this stuff. How about we all just sit and talk? Don't get me wrong. He wanted to know what the show was about <laughs> before I did, you know. He wasn't just like, yeah, sure. I don't know if you're going to throw hardball questions at me or whatever. I mean, I'll let him know. It's a show about positive people with positive stories to sell. Why would I not want him on here? I mean, that's exactly who he is. And it, it, I shot him a couple of shows. He's like, shoot, yeah, let's do it, man. Easy, Easiest guy. with. He's got one of the busiest schedules. I was like, uh, how about Wednesday night? Sure, let's do it. It was no problem for him. Not everybody's going to have that kind of time. Not every, some people are really busy. If he wasn't able to do the show, I would understand. He's got a lot going on. But that's great. You know, you don't have to be a celebrity to be like that. 
My dad's a Methodist minister. My mom's a teacher. Both had to watch themselves because they dealt with the community. Both had to deal with different parts of the community, but they still dealt with it. And I understand that it's really hard, especially in small towns. You got to watch yourself. Watch what other people think about you. I haven't had this talk with my dad since he retired, but I could see the older he got, the less he worried about that. Oh, some of it he still did, but only because he didn't want to deal with the fight that comes with some folks that would gripe about something. He would just rather put on this face for a second and then not deal with it. And I was always kind of sad about that. My dad's got some very good friends, but I don't know if everyone truly knows who my dad is. There are a lot of people that think wonderful things about him. Sometimes I don't think they know really how wonderful he is because a lot of his life he did have to kind of put up a different kind of face. I I I don't we haven't had that talk yet. Because since since he retired in June, he has said, I'm not writing sermons. I'm traveling the world. He's England, Israel, Vegas, the mountains of North Carolina. Uh, so when the world traveler comes back, <laughs> it's time for me to have a scotch with him. Maybe we'll go over it. But we, we can be that way. We, we can sometimes lose ourselves in the face that we think we have to put forward. Don't get me wrong. I'm a dad. You know, I you know I want my girls to see the person that I am, but I'm going to tell you right now that the guy that my daughters see is not any different than those of you who see me on a Friday night playing music. I mean, we're, we're I'm an entertainer. That's what I do. I still try to be an entertainer at home, sometimes to my wife's chagrin because the jokes aren't always that funny. But I think what what we we get caught up in that about like, well, what kind of face am I supposed to put on for someone else? And what, what kind of person do I need to be? You know, if I don't do this, then I may, I may catch the ire of some group or other person. And you know, the truth of the matter is, is I think we lose a little bit within ourselves. I think that, that there's a, a genuine nature that we all really want to have, but a lot of times we're just afraid to let that go. And I think there's an atrophy to that. And we start to lose a lot of who we really are. And I think that we need to challenge ourselves to, to be bold, but but even to not, I'm not saying go spray paint your beliefs on the side of a building somewhere. What, what, but what I'm saying is, is it's, it's okay to have them. And I know we live in a world where everyone's trying to tell you, well, if you think this, you're that. If you don't think this, you're that. And that, that's really where we go wrong. He said it himself in that in that interview. I, I tell this to people all the time with my job. We need to be more and people, not or. You're either this or this. No, we can be this and this. We can be different and get along. We can believe in different religions and sit and have dinner together. We can be from different races, different cultures, different backgrounds, different socioeconomic situations, and still be friends. We 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 can be more of an and culture than an or culture. The 
But it starts with us. Where are you today with that? Are you afraid to be who you really are? Is there a place you can be more genuine? Not because you're trying to prove something to anyone else, but to yourself. It's probably not something that really runs rampant through most of us. But some of it, it can be crippling. Some of us can be so far gone that we don't even realize it. Some people, it can really affect them. But it's it's something that I think we need to be able to do more of for our own sake and for the people we're listening. What did I just say? Man, I'm a professional podcaster. For the people that are listening to us. Remember, this stuff goes both ways. You want to be genuine, you need to let someone else be genuine as well. You disagree with them, disagree with them. Try to find out why they think that way. Tell them why you think your way. Maybe you'll learn something. Maybe they will. Maybe nobody changes their opinions. But it doesn't mean we got to hate each other. But for guys like Zuby that are bold enough to go out there and do what they do and say, forget it. Forget it, cancel culture. This is who I am. This is the message that I spread. He's not going to lose me as a fan. I still look to that for some kind of some kind of motivation and guidance sometime. I dig it. Maybe you need to find more people like that. Maybe Zuby's music's not for you. Now you're crazy if it's not, but maybe it's not. But there are people out there that believe that way, that exist that way, that are the folks that are um, not exclusive, they are inclusive, that aren't or people, they're and people. Where do you sit on that? And where can you surround yourself with more of that? I'm going to tell you, that is the trick. I appreciate Zuby being on the show. Zuby, go hard and go yard. Appreciate what you do. I hope you keep it up. And for everyone else out there, for yourself, I hope you keep it up too. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. Yes, you will see us next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Want to say thank you again to Zuby. Appreciate you coming on the show, my man. And good luck to you. Tell Adam Carolla, Joe Rogan, we said hello. Check us out August 30th, The White Mule in Columbia, South Carolina. Take care. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com.